welcome to the Chocolate Cake Bites podcast. This is a podcast where we will discuss the sweet nuggets of goodness that come from living the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm your host, Ken Williams. The opinions, attitudes, thoughts, and ideas that we discuss are those of the hosts and guests and are not necessarily a reflection of the actual doctrines of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Thanks for listening and enjoy this week's conversation. And I feel like I should say, this is take two. I was doing such a great job. I was on a roll. And then I looked down and realized I was not recording. (laughs) And so we are back with a, I don't know if I should even. Your favorite co-host. Well, maybe your second favorite co-host. I'm I'm just going to say that. (laughs) I'm trying to decide if I should rank you guys. That's what I'm going to (laughs) say. Well, you can believe whatever you need to believe. Whatever makes you feel better. (laughs) We have Mark back with us. And, um, hello, everybody. Hello. Back in uh, the States, which is a Bruce. recent return. Relatively, about a month yeah. ago, wasn't it? No, it was about two weeks ago. Yeah, it's only about two weeks ago that I got back in. So we'll talk a little bit more about that in a few minutes. But first, I want to do a couple shout outs. This is, uh, again, since this is my second stab at this, um, I might not make the mistakes that I, <laughs> that I made the first time around. Just as a disclaimer, I just got home from work, and so it's been a long night. So first of all, I got an email a couple weeks ago, not a couple weeks ago, maybe a week and a half ago, from Kyler, and in the spirit of full disclosure, Kyler is somebody that I know, I've known for several years. He is actually Sarah's son. Sarah was uh, with us a few weeks ago, and he says... Hi, Ken. I had just started listening to your podcast in full and had to say, I can't believe I procrastinated listening to it. Well, Kyler, I can't believe you did either. You have known, especially your dad, I'm sure, has told you how amazing I am. <laughs> you should know. You should know about the podcast. No. Um, I don't know. I don't know if... Uh, I know. I know what your dad probably says about me, and it's probably not about how ma- amazing I am. So I'll just, <laughs> I'll just imagine what that would be. He says, I should have listening to, should have started listening to it in full when my mom started talking about it. I had finished episode 19. What if my child loses interest in the church? And this was the conversation we had with Sean Rapier, uh, who is the host of the Latter-day Lives podcast. Fantastic podcast. And Kyler says, I had never thought about the comment with Nephi. It's something I feel like I should consider asking myself more often. If Nephi is Nephi because of, because of Laman and Lemuel. I love your podcast. Cannot wait to hear what else you release. This podcast is such an inspiration. He actually sent me an email uh, later with some ideas and some things to talk about. So I may reach out to him and, and uh, we may have some conversations about uh, some things we haven't talked about yet. And then also there is a new review uh, with a five-star rating. This is from Katie. And again, in full disclosure, I've known Katie for a while. This was not a uh, prompted or bribed uh, review. This was something that uh, that she decided to do. She told me that she only listens to the episode with Allison. Allison is Katie's best friend. And she accidentally, she told me she accidentally started listening to a couple other episodes, but she stopped as soon as she knew that Allison wasn't on. <laughs> so, but her review says, <laughs> uh, 
I've known Ken and his family for a long time, and although I'm not a member of the church and do not believe the same things as they do, they have always welcomed me into their lives with open arms and open minds. It is always a pleasure to have deep conversations about beliefs with them. It was a five-star review. She did tell me that she was going to drop a star if I didn't pay up with some chocolate cake. I'm happy to report that she has received her cake, and <laughs> so hopefully the review stays at five stars. But now that we've got the uh, some of that paperwork out of the way, we're back with Mark, who's sitting on the beach in uh, South Salt Lake. <laughs> If only, if only. <laughs> what's the temperature there? Uh, I don't even know. Hey, Google, what's the temperature right now? The current temperature in Bluffdale is 44 degrees. 44 degrees. Oh, that's nice. So, that's like freezing. Yeah, we're probably pretty close <laughs> to that. So the reason I wanted to talk to Mark, and I, th- I don't think I've mentioned Annette yet, so let's talk about Annette for uh, just a second. She was on the Turtle House Fireside and did a phenomenal job. She did a great job, yeah. We'll, uh, we may talk to her a little bit about that, about some of her her thoughts from there. But uh, Mark's birthday was a few weeks ago, and as I was uh, wishing him a happy birthday, he told me that he had done something unique for his birthday. I wanted to talk about it just because it was such a uh, an unusual birthday celebration, celebration or tradition. So, Mark... Happy birthday, for example. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and what, what did you do to celebrate? Well, I did something. I, I really love gifts. And so I thought that I would go around to all my favorite people and stand on their front doorstep until they gave me a gift. And, <laughs> and how'd that work out for you? It was great. Uh, well, I didn't get very far into my list of people because I had to wait a really long time. <laughs> <laughs> for people to give you gifts? <laughs> did you knock on the door? Did you tell them that I, you were there? I well, yes, I did knock on the door, but it was in the middle of the workday, so a lot of people, you know, gone back to the office and all that, all that absurd stuff. So yeah, no, it was great. No, um, <laughs> so because you and I have the, the similar birthdays, we're only a couple days apart. That's know, true. Kind of a fun tradition where I call you on your birthday, and then two days later you call me on mine. And, <laughs> that's right. And uh, that's the only and, way I remember is that. Oh, it was two days ago that he called me, so I better exactly right. Yeah, <laughs> return the favor. Well, it makes sense. It makes sense. And so you had made a comment when we were talking for your birthday about making cakes for people, and it made me think that is actually kind of a cool idea to make cakes for people on your birthday, and so. I went and decided to make a bunch of cakes and I ended up making more than I ended up giving out, but, uh, uh, cause I ran out of time, <laughs> ran out of time, but, uh, I made something like, or I gave out, I think close to 40 cakes, I think. And, um, and I just took them to people who I care about or, or who've been influential in my life in some way or another, or, or uh, uh, I was hoping to even mail some out, but again, ran out of time. But um, but just told them, I wrote, wrote a little note on each cake and just told them how grateful I was for them or, you know, something about them that I was grateful for or whatever. And it was really cool. There was a lot of people that I was able to reconnect with that I haven't talked to in months or in some cases years. And which was, so that was really, really fun. And, and, just restart conversations with people that I've lost touch with. And it was a, it was a fun little excuse to, to see people. And a lot of people I didn't get to see, but I at least 
left it on their doorstep or whatever. And mm-hmm. it, in every case, I would say it prompted a, a note or a call or, or something. And again, just to, you know, restart that conversation. So it was, it was really, really cool experience. Took way longer than I was expecting it would. <laughs> you did because I forty cakes. You know what's that? You you delivered forty cakes. That's not going to be a a quick. Well, and errand. plus making forty cakes, you know, it's it it <laughs> cooks cooking seven cakes cooks like baking seven cakes. They yeah. they cook differently than yes. cooking one sheet cake. So or one like one cake, and so it was like double the time for it to, and I just, I was planning, I was like, oh, it's, it's normally 15 or 20 minutes for this cake to set. And mm-hmm. it was, you know, a good 15 <laughs> or 20 minutes. And I'm sure the elevation affects that too. Elevation, anyway, yeah, so I'm sure. Everything took longer than what I was expecting, but I guess that's, that's difficult. That's just what I needed to start planning for is that everything takes longer than that. So but I really, it was a really unique way to spend my birthday and, uh, but it was, it was really fun. It was really fun. So when did you decide that you were going to do that? What was it like that day or was it a day or two before? Or was it long before? When I decided to do it? Yeah. Uh, the night before. Okay. It was the night before. So and I think you told me you did 49 cakes. Is that right? Or is I that... think that was right. Yeah. Okay. I think it was 49 cakes. I, I only delivered about 40 of them, but it was 49 cakes. So 49 cakes, if you did seven per batch, that's a, a lot of baking. It's a lot of baking. It, I, I was up... Because of because uh, um, of the just the time zone changes and everything mm-hmm. and uh, jet lag, I was uh, I had woken up at like four o'clock that morning or okay. something, just naturally, and or three thirty or something. And I was the inner battle: Do I really want to do this? I don't know if I want to do this. <laughs> and so around four o'clock, I got up and was like, "Yeah, I might as well." Might as well at four o'clock, it's easy to say, "No, I don't want to do this." Exactly. Exactly. So, so I'm grateful for my strong will that, <laughs> <laughs> that, uh, that got me up out of bed. Um, no, it. Uh, but again, like it was, it was very, very interesting to see the reactions of some people where, where in, most people didn't know that it was my birthday mm-hmm. that that I delivered, or they, you know, weren't thinking about it or whatever, which is fine because everybody's got their busy lives and everything. Um, but for even a week after, you know, 10 days after I would get messages, Hey, me and my, my kid, we just barely finished the cake mm-hmm. and we just are so grateful. That was so kind of you. And you know, like for, we're supposed to treat you on your birthday, but you treated us instead. And that was, that was really cool, which anyway. So part of your presentation, did you tell them it was your birthday or did it, was that just some of the people that already knew that? Uh, so I, for not everybody, but for most of the people on the note that I wrote on the cake, I said, today's my birthday. And so I thought I would share some of my birthday cake with you so that we could celebrate. <laughs> That's awesome. I don't remember what, I, don't remember what, what I said, but something along those lines where it was just, hey, today's my birthday. And so I thought to celebrate, it'd be fun to to share some of my birthday cake with you. And so I don't know if that's conceited or fun or hilarious. I don't know. It it's fun. Well. It's fun. So <laughs> my birthday, a couple days earlier than yours, I, I mostly make my cakes on Sundays. So Sunday was Halloween and I did some cakes and um, including a couple of gluten-free cakes. And I shipped 
a couple to you. I shipped a couple to Annette. There's a second Annette mention, just just for the record, for anybody who's keeping score. <laughs> but uh, and I'll talk a little bit more about that in a minute. But but uh, I took Allison with me, and we went out to uh, to do some cake deliveries. And it was fun because people are expecting trick or treaters, and we hit a couple houses where they answer the door with. Uh, a bowl of candy in hand. <laughs> we said, no, we're bringing you the treat. And um, so it was, it was a lot of fun. It is fun to kind of turn the tables. And when people are, are thinking that they should be giving you something that you actually give something in, in return. Right. So I, I was a little bit concerned when I heard you'd made all those cakes for your birthday, because I hadn't told you, but I had made some cakes and I put those in the mail to you for your birthday. <laughs> which I did receive. And it was very interesting to see the difference in where it's the same recipe, but they tasted very, very different. And so I got to try that. I got to try that, that uh, baking cocoa that you, yes. That you talked about. And it's available at Costco right now. So Costco right now has the, I I don't know if I'll remember off the top of my head, but it's a Dutch processed baking cocoa. It's a darker cocoa. I, I really like it. Uh, it, the cake is still good with any baking cocoa that you that you'll use. Right. I just like the darker. I think it gives a richer flavor. I think it's a little bit. Um, well, the color is darker, but I think it gives a, a deeper, richer, more chocolatey flavor. Right now, I got a question from uh, one of your fans. He just this is Edison. He wanted to know. So, how did you like your birthday card? Oh, oh, that was <laughs> horrible. <laughs> and yet, so very kind. The messages, the messages were, were very kind. Basically, for all of you who are listening, my wonderful brother and his family wrote some very kind and inspirational messages inside of this very nice card. And then once you open up the card, it's one of those cards that keeps playing forever and ever and ever and ever <laughs> until the battery dies. And... Uh, I was half expecting it to be filled with glitter because I know that some of them, if you try to rip it or cut it or whatever, that it will explode glitter inside or whatever, which would have been, it would have been amazing. But uh, so this saying happy birthday over and over and over. Yeah, just like that, just like that. <laughs> and uh, and so it kept playing and playing and playing and playing and playing. I tried putting it under my bed and like under pillows and in the closet and you know everywhere. And it it just was so loud and for a long time. <laughs> the thing that absolutely made my day. I did laugh. <laughs> the that? thing that absolutely made my day was the three word text that I got that said. You are evil. And I thought, oh, I just, I'm feeling the love. You're feeling, and that's really what I was going for. I just wanted you to feel the love. It was there. So, um, (laughs) (laughs) oh my goodness. I, I uh, had, when I saw that, I thought, okay, actually, (laughs) I may have to edit this out. I'm not sure who listens to this. There might be some other cards in the mail. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love it. <laughs> so anyways, um, back to the, back to the cake deliveries, 40, 40 yes. ish cakes. Was there anything that surprised you during that whole, that whole process, that whole 
hours long experience? <laughs> uh, I think part of it, I think, was the the surprise was, um, like I said, first of all, <laughs> how long it took, but second, just that it was fun. It was fun to to surprise people or treat people or to to tell them about you know how grateful I was for them, but just kind of in a, in a rather non-threatening way, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it, you know, cause sometimes uh, it can be, I know we've talked about this before, where it can be kind of intimidating to say, Hey, I'm really grateful for this thing that you did or because of who you are, because of what, whatever the situation is. And um, whereas with this, it's like, Hey, it's, you know, it's my birthday and I made these cakes so that we could celebrate together, even if we're not, even if we're not together. And, and, you know, this is one, one quick thing about why I'm grateful for you. I'm right. grateful for your friendship or I'm grateful for, you know, your, for this, for your example or what, you know, whatever, whatever this one thing is. And, uh, and it was, it was really, really cool to, to see the the response. I wasn't, I wasn't uh, sure what to expect, and it was really, really neat. Yeah, I've had a couple of birthdays where I just, I feel like giving. And so I'll do things like uh, schedule an appointment to donate blood or, or something, donate platelets. And just, um, for me, that there have been times, and I don't do it all the time, but there have been times that that's, that just seems like an appropriate way to celebrate. And uh, so that's great. Was... Um, I don't even know what else what else I want to ask. I I um I like your comment about how it was uh, it was fun to just share that share that experience. It's fun to share cake. I don't remember if I've told the story on the on the podcast, but uh, there have been times that I've I've shared the chocolate cake phenomenon with uh, youth groups and things like that. I did it at girls camp. I did it. Um, I think I, I've done firesides and things a couple different places. And um, part of that, just because of who I am, I will oftentimes, I, I kind of set the stage by saying, what you do is you just consider, and this is how I end the podcast, consider who do I know who needs chocolate cake? And many times a name will pop into your mind. And so as I'm telling, as I'm kind of teaching people how I do this, I explain that sometimes the prompting that you get is that Ken Williams needs chocolate cake and you need to act on that. And so there was one time, this is several years ago, there was a, a young man in the ward who um, I was out running errands Saturday afternoon. He dropped off a full nine by 13 cake, full cake, wow. which was wow. so kind. It was so just, but there was a, a quite a significant piece that had been taken out of it. Like, um, maybe two to three times normal slice of cake size. <laughs> and, yeah. so, and there's a note and the note was, was so sweet. It said, brother Williams, this is, uh, something that I've been thinking about. And as you mentioned, if we get the prompting that we should share chocolate cake with somebody, we should act on that. And, and so I decided the, yes, I should share some chocolate cake with you. It was a very nice note. Well, he continued and it was, it seemed very apologetic, apologetic to me. He said, well, as I was getting ready to leave, my dad said that you would want to share with him. And so he took a piece and <laughs> that cracked me up. Yeah. That was the <laughs> best. 
And so here's what here's what I want you to try next time you do this, Mark, is I want you to take a piece out of every every cake that you deliver. <laughs> uh, yes, I need to. <laughs> and just tell awesome. them it's my birthday. <laughs> I appreciate you sharing your chocolate cake with me. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I love it. So, uh, anything else about your your chocolate cake delivery experience that uh, that was meaningful or significant? No, I think that's. I think that pretty much covers it. I think it's just uh, there's been a few there's been a few birthdays where I've done just kind of weird things like that, and and they're they always um, they're the experience is always surprising. You know, so. Mm-hmm. It's they're fun little experiments, fun little tests. So highly recommended. People love to be noticed. They love to be remembered. And totally. so um, as I've had opportunity in, in uh, different situations, as I learned people's birthdays and things like that, um, I had a, a, just a fun experience in my ward. There's a, uh, a, a girl who just turned eight a few weeks ago. And so I took her a cake and I knew she had family visiting and she had younger siblings that were going to compete for the cake. So I thought I'd have a little bit of fun. I gave her a copy of the, the chocolate cake phenomenon book. And well, she had two brothers that had birthdays. One, I think it might be today. And then one was uh, a week and a half or so ago. So I, this last Sunday I made a stop and, and brought two cakes, one for each of the, these two boys. One was uh, maybe four. The other one was maybe 10. And, uh, her, her parents were telling me that, uh, they had seen me on Friday night. Um, we were all at the, the, uh, Indianapolis temple at the same time. And, and so we had a nice conversation about that. And so when they ha- came home and, and told this eight-year-old recent, recent eight-year-old about, uh, bumping into me at the temple, she said, oh, you mean Ken Williams? <laughs> they just laughed. Uh, you're on a first name basis. And I said, well, yeah, <laughs> we're tight. She has an autographed copy of my book. So that's, <laughs> that's just where we stand. So um, my next topic, I wanted to talk about what you've been doing for the last few weeks. What was your, what led uh, to your adventure? Just been working, just been working. Not that. You know, like, oh, oh. Uh, so yes, I just got back from a, um, just got back from a two plus week trip, two and a half week trip to Africa and uh, went to go hike Mount Kilimanjaro, which was, un- I mean, it was amazing. There just are not enough words to describe what the experience was like and, and describing the experience there at the, the summit and seeing the sunrise and I could show pictures, but the, the colors just don't describe, don't, the colors that you see in the scriptures don't, um, convey what what the experience was actually like, and mm-hmm. just the colors were just unreal, and it was really really cool. To, now you left about the same time it. that CJ and I left for our road trip when we did our uh, church history tour. Yes, yes. And uh, so I told him about your trip, and he said, "Uh, I will never do anything that starts with kill a man." <laughs> <laughs> so what what got you thinking about doing it? And um, I want to talk a little bit about what you learned. Uh, as you were hiking the mountain. Sure. Yeah, totally. So the, uh, the original idea came when I was trying to think of just things to look forward to a couple of years ago, I was 
trying to work through a bunch of uh, bad debt, bad business debt from a, a failed business and and uh, partnership and whatnot. And so I was trying to work through all that and, and it just was kind of overwhelming and trying to decide what there's something that I could look forward to as, as a reward for getting out of, out of that messy experience. And, and uh, uh, about a decade ago, one of my friends had hiked Mount Kilimanjaro and they just said that it was an amazing experience. And I just had imagined that it was going to be, you know, a 10 or $20,000, $30,000 experience. Mm-hmm. Like you hear Mount Everest and some of the other big summits being, but uh, she said you could do it for for relatively inexpensively, and and so I started looking into it, and that was kind of the the idea that I latched onto. That after I had accomplished that big goal of of paying off on my debt and getting debt free, that I would I would go hike Mount Kilimanjaro, kind of as a as a physical representation, maybe of the of the financial summit that I had just finished climbing. And so awesome. kind of as uh, a reward to yourself as a, yeah, as a reward to myself for, for accomplishing that. So I uh, was able to finish paying off my last debt earlier this year in March, mm-hmm. I think it was, yeah, in March. And so it was just a couple days later that I went and booked my, my, at least deposit, paid my deposit for the, for the climb. And so, um, Looked at getting some friends to go with with me, but just one friend was able to go, so that was super cool to at least have somebody go with me, which was uh, to have that experience together, which was mm-hmm. super super fun. And uh, the the actual climb is is pretty different than what I expected. It was it was easier in some ways and harder in some ways. Um, the, they said that the that it's actually because it's a non technical climb uh, the uh, the mountain Kilimanjaro has been climbed by somebody who is five years old as the youngest person and somebody who's 89 years old as the oldest person. So it's, wow. it's not a technical climb. And as long as you are in you know, relatively good physical condition, you can definitely make it up to the top. Mm-hmm. It's not uh, for people who are, are here in Utah. If you've ever hiked t- Mount Timpanogos, it's no harder than Timpanogos. It's just the big thing that you're dealing with, with is elevation. Okay. And so there's ways to make that easier on you. And of course you're camping. So if you don't like camping, then, mm-hmm. or if you can't deal with camping for a week, then, <laughs> then you, uh, it's, you know, you're probably not going to like the experience, but, but everything is, is pretty much taken care of. And a lot of that is just required by law there in Tanzania, mm-hmm. but you've got porters who are carrying most of your gear. You're carrying a backpack with water and uh, rain gear and, and some emergency essentials and snacks and stuff like that. But, but, uh, the, uh, you, you kind of imagine if you, if you, if you had to climb, if you had to climb, um, Mount Timpanogos, you know, four times over a five day period, mm-hmm. but you only climb up, you don't climb down, you know, cause you're camping up at the top and then, You've got somebody else carrying all of your gear, so you don't have to. You don't have to carry any of that. Mm-hmm. You've got somebody else cooking for you, so you don't have to do any of that. Nice. I mean, it's it's kind of a fun. It's kind of a fun experience. Mm-hmm. And we lucked out. Uh, me and my friend, we uh, the people. We had two other people that we were traveling with, or that were in our group. Mm-hmm. We weren't traveling with them, but we were. They were in a group, and uh, they were just a blast. They were a blast to hang out with, and we played games at night. 
just laughed and talked about all sorts of different topics throughout the throughout the the climb. And so we we really lucked out with just other cool people to to travel with. But so you said it was just the four of you. It was just the four of us. Yeah. So there. If anybody wants to go, now is a great time to go because there's just not a lot of people mm-hmm. hiking. And so you have a very different experience than what you would have normally. That's cool. And you had yeah. told me that there were some, uh, was it your summit that uh, that was harder? How did you say it? I don't know if you're going to remember. The, so it's definitely, the summit was, the, the summit day was definitely the most challenging day for a few different reasons. Uh, first of all, that was all throughout the whole trip. The weather was just wonderful. We had mm-hmm. no rain and uh, it would get cold at night for sure. But uh, it, it just was, it was beautiful weather. Mm-hmm. And, but on the summit night, we had just 20 or 30 mile per hour winds constantly. Wow. And, and it was cold on top of that. And so you're bundled up with as many layers as you can handle. And then we started out you, you, so that we could you, so that you can summit at sunrise. You got to start at about midnight, mm-hmm. and uh, we we were getting ready to go to bed at around six thirty when our main guide came in and asked if anybody had any painkillers. And I had a bottle of Aleve, and so I gave that to him. Not quite sure what was going on, mm-hmm. and there was a lady who was not from our group, but just she was traveling by herself with her guide and she'd fallen mm. uh, about not very far away from the summit actually, and clearly done something to her arm. And so at that point we weren't sure if it was broken or dislocated, but, but uh, she came into our tent and we got her the medication and to at least try to take the edge off of the pain. And she was clearly in a lot of pain mm-hmm. and uh, the four of us jumped in and, and started triaging and and with our guide and everything and helping her just try to to calm down and make sure that she didn't go into into shock and Mm -hmm. help stabilize her arm until the ranger the rangers could get up to the camp where we were at so that they could help her down to the to the uh, areas where they could you know get her into a car and get her to the hospital for medical (laughs) more proper medical attention but that took a good two two plus hours two and a half hours uh, and so we we were getting to where we weren't going to have very we already knew that we were gonna, weren't going to have very much sleep because mm-hmm. of the altitude and because we had an early start that night. But right. then to you know have that take off a few extra hours, which was fine. Obviously, we wanted to help take care of her, but but uh, also wanted to make sure that we were prepared ourselves for for the summer night. And so you know go to bed finally at around nine o'clock, wake up at around midnight. Mm. And then it was just a constant six hour slog of, of cold mm-hmm. and windy <laughs> for just six hours straight. And by the time we finally made it up to the, to the summit, we were the first group there and it was just amazing. Uh, the, the sunrise was just unbelievable. I joke with people that it was like, it was like, uh, you could hear the, the Lion King <laughs> just playing in the background right. or something just the, the like i said the colors were just unreal and mm-hmm. it just it is hard to even still comprehend having done it a that i did it and b just what beautiful creations there there are in the world and mm-hmm. and and that so many 
so many things can come together and just look so unbelievably beautiful. You're walking as you're walking uh, around the crater to get up to the actual summit point. You're the, la- the last 45 minutes or so are really easy. You're just you know walking around the, the edge of the rim of the crater, and you're walking past glaciers and 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 just different things and watching the sunrise and it's just it's just gorgeous. Hmm. And so a few big lessons to answer to answer your questions. Obviously, after the six-hour slog, it was just a, a huge reminder of what the body is capable of, mm-hmm. and uh, just mentally, you know, what you're capable of. It was interesting. I'd kind of gone into the whole experience, and especially the, the summit night, just like this is not going to be comfortable, and that's okay. This is part of the experience, mm-hmm. and and it was very interesting hearing. Uh, it was, it was interesting me getting up to the top where yes, I was grateful to be done with the constant uphill and, mm-hmm. and it was still windy, but, but I was grateful to make it to the summit, but I, I never really felt like, Oh, I was going to give up or, Oh, I hate this. I just want this to, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I wanted it to be done, but it was never, it was, it was an uncomfortable, but never a miserable experience. I don't know if that makes sense, Yeah. but it was interesting talking to some of our, uh, the other people in our group where they were just, they just hated the whole experience and they wanted to get down as fast as they, they could. And, and it was an uh, interesting lesson to me just about how so often we get what, what we're looking for. We get mm-hmm. what, we, what we decide. Right. You know, so it's like, if I think Jocko Willink, who's a former Marine, Marine, but talks a lot about mindset and of a seal and stuff like that talks about how, when you just embrace the suck, I think is how he, says it mm-hmm. that you have a whole different experience. If you expect it to be miserable mm-hmm. and then it actually is miserable, then yeah. you're like, okay, this is no big deal because I expected it to be that way. You know, right. I expected it to, you know, and, and, or I expect that it's not going to be comfortable, right? Maybe that's a better way to put it. And so that was, that was very interesting. Just the, the change in, in mental expectation. Uh, I think another big lesson for me was just a reminder of what, what I'm personally capable of where two years ago, this was just an idea. Mm-hmm. And then two years later, however many you know months or years later that it actually was happening in real life. And so it was a good reminder that we, that I can create things that I can have a dream. I can have an idea mm-hmm. and I can, even though it felt unrealistic at the, at the moment that over time it can i can i can create something in in real life that just starts as a as a dream or as an idea right i think a lot so. of times we're afraid we're afraid to dream we're afraid to oh, think sure. that we're capable of doing something big like that and you know i think i've thought about this the the way that i've heard it i heard i was listening to a podcast where a guy said that uh, he felt like he was in the passenger seat of his life yeah. and oh, totally. um so that's that's how i have you know i <laughs> I shouldn't say things like this out loud, but that's how I felt that I'm, you know, I was talking to a guy, uh, and I think I've talked a little bit about this, uh, on the podcast before there's a, um, so I work in FedEx, I work overnight, I've got a team, I have one team and I'm covering a second team that doesn't have a manager right now. And then this week I've been covering two other teams whose manager has been out for, uh, a medical procedure. So I was talking to one of the guys on the team that I'm covering that I'm a kind of a permanent um, substitute <laughs> manager. And um, 
So a little bit of the context is that um, about a year or so ago, I started thinking, hmm, I think I might be interested in promoting. And so I started talking to my boss and looking for opportunities to um, to kind of make a name for myself. And I've done enough of that with my peer group that the last several openings that have come up, they've been very angry <laughs> that I did not get the job, which is really funny. <laughs> yeah. Um I, I showed the rejection letter to one of my one of my peers, and he said, "Let's get the lighter. I want to burn this. <laughs> this is not right." <laughs> and I'm just laughing, saying, oh, "It's all going to be fine. It's going to be you know, don't worry about it." Yeah. So, uh, um, there were two positions that were opened up. I bid on, applied for those. Uh, didn't didn't get either one. Um, my current boss got one of them, and he was just going to be he was going to be a new uh, senior manager and. My then boss um, got sick, and he passed away a couple months ago. And so that opened up a new position, and I applied for that one, didn't get it. And so this is when my peer group is starting to get upset. (laughs) What are they they thinking? I said, you're talking to the wrong person. I'm doing the best that I can. So then one of the other senior managers, different area, he decided to retire. So I applied for that one, didn't get that one. Well, then, (laughs) just this last week, one of the current senior managers promoted and so there will be another position that opens up in the next week. And so I've, in fact, I got a, the guy that I'm covering, he texted me and he said, so I saw that Jake promoted. Does that mean I should offer my congratulations to you? I said, offer your congratulations to Jake. He got the job. I don't know what's going to happen with me. But so I was, I'm talking to this guy, um, just kind of touching base on a couple of things. And, and he said, um, he he was talking about how there are a lot of people who are kind of, they're pulling for me. They think that I would be a good, a good fit, a good candidate, which is fantastic. Uh, and they're a little bit, they just don't know what's going to happen with them. Well, they're a couple steps ahead of reality right now because I don't even have the job. But, um, <laughs> and I'm, I'm tired enough that I don't know if I remember what my point was going to be. But, a couple things. <laughs> what was I talking about? One of the things that that is interesting to me. You were talking about expectations, and we can easily. And I did. I do remember my point. We can easily disappoint ourselves if we have expectations that things should be different. And so I think there's a. I think there's a fine line. On one hand, if you expect that a, a Mount Kilimanjaro climb is going to be unpleasant in a variety of ways. It's going to be cold. It's going to be, you're going to be camping. You're going to be uh, on limited sleep, et cetera. Then when those things happen, it's not a surprise. It's not, it's not going to be, uh, it's not going to, you embrace the suck. Um, you know, the, and the, the, the same thing, the, um, I think, that um, and I just lost my point again. <laughs> this is great maybe, when we record live. Maybe it's that uh, uh, you know, if you expect things to be bad, you, that sometimes you can unintentionally create those. Negative oh, examples. not not sometimes. I'd say probably all the time. You right. you can and unintentionally create that, and totally. we may talk and more th- about that later on. But um, for sure, and I think just real quick to that point, I think the 
the difference for, for like what um, Jocko Willink talks about is that, and I, I didn't mention this before, is that it's not just embrace the suck or expect that it's going to be miserable. Mm-hmm. It's the fact that it is miserable is a good thing. Mm-hmm. You know, so something goes wrong. Good. Okay. That's yeah. awesome. We keep, we keep moving forward. Right. You know, that, that it's cold and it's windy and it's rainy or whatever the situation is. Good. That's awesome. It's going to make the experience, the story afterwards even better. Right. Or it's going to, you know, it's, that it, the whole thing is that whatever happens, it's good. You yeah. Know? And, it's, it's what builds you into, into who you are. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But the, and the, the point that I was going to make is that I, I have felt like for a lot of my, uh, recent, recent years that I'm kind of in the, in the passenger seat and I'm just kind of coasting to whatever, whatever happens. And, and it is a little bit scary. And oh, I'm, totally. I'm, I'm even going to change that. No, I'll just add to it. It's not just scary. It's hard. It's hard oh, yeah. to decide if someone were to ask me to, um, what, where would I want to take my, my dream vacation? I have no idea. I, I can tell you, I went to Hawaii four years ago, and that was an amazing trip. I can tell you, I went to Europe two years ago, and that was an amazing trip. And there are some of those things that I would love to repeat, but I don't know what my dream vacation would be. I don't know what my dream job would be. I don't know what my dream house looks like. I don't know. What, because yeah. um, my <laughs> my experience in life is I'm just... It's it's hard to think about what is, what do I want. It's easy to to figure out what I don't want, but what do I what do I actually want? That's a tougher thing for me to oh, figure totally. out. Well, and it also it 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 is it increases the pressure because right. um, even just in a sense where it's like okay this is something that I want and I have to admit that I have to admit to myself, let mm-hmm. alone to others, that it's something that I want. Right. And, and that it seems like, it seems like something so small or it can't be something so small, but, but sometimes those even just admitting X, Y, Z, you know, to yourself that, Hey, I want a better job or, right. Hey, I want a better car or, you know, and it's, and the, the, it, it can take time to, to kind of internalize that, hey, just the fact that it, because it's something that I want, that that's a good enough reason. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that it's, it's a good enough reason for it to be something that I work towards. Yeah. You know, it, it doesn't mean that, that you go out and if I want a new car, it doesn't mean that I go out and get a new car today if mm-hmm. I don't have the ability to buy one. Right. <laughs> you know? But it, but the fact that, you know, if, if your if your dream, or if, if you had an inkling where it's like, hey, I really want, I think I want, you know, this absurd car. Okay, mm-hmm. well then go figure out what it takes to own one, and then make it happen. Right. You know, but that uh, that's that's been a little bit of a shift where it's that in my mind at least where mm-hmm. that you don't need anybody's permission to to validate the things that you that you eventually you know kind of say that you want that's easy to say and it's really hard yes. to do 
Very, very true. Very, so, very true. question for you, and this this conversation took a way different turn than than <laughs> uh, some of our this previous, be, which is fine. Maybe this is two episodes. Maybe this is two episodes. Maybe the gratitude episode, and then you got the. <laughs> this could be. You could you could use this for like a New Year's episode. The there you go. I'll just do a replay. So, you did you at any point once you made the decision that you wanted to climb Mount Kilimanjaro? Were you at any point um, concerned about sharing that goal with other people or embarrassed about it or cautious about it because you didn't know what their reaction would be? Totally. Well, and just also just not sure if it was going to even happen mm -hmm. or that if, you know, because there's, it's only got a 60% or so summit rate. And some of that is just people trying to go too fast. Mm -hmm. And so they get altitude sickness and have to come down. And I, we went with a company that, that had longer, uh, longer treks to try to, to make sure that we would make it up and stuff like that. But mm -hmm. there, there were, especially with COVID and everything, there were about a billion things that could have gone wrong. Right. And I didn't want to, I kept it really under the radar. There was a handful of people that I told, but mm -hmm that needed to know or that I wanted to know or share that with. But right. for the most part, I really didn't share it, you know, cause, cause uh, there were, there would have been a part of me that was embarrassed if mm -hmm. I had told the world that I was going to go do this thing. And then, then for whatever reason, I didn't make it up to the top or, or yeah. that I had to cancel or, you know, and I, those were just conversations that I was, I wasn't prepared to have, or I didn't mm -hmm. want to have. So totally. And this, this is, I'm, I'm starting to think about, maybe a direction that we may take on a future episode. This could be kind of fun. Um, in the meantime, um, knock us out with some, some Kilimanjaro wisdom, some Thanksgiving gratitude, uh, getting into the holidays, uh, deep lesson that you, that you learned some insight that's going to just knock us off our feet. Oh man. No pressure. Um, drink more soup. And <laughs> every, every meal, pretty much, they would feed us some sort of a soup. And mm -hmm. the joke was that they'd say that it was vegetable soup or celery soup or, you know, whatever. They'd come up with new names. And then by the end of the week, everything was just vegetable soup. And we had, <laughs> they all tasted relatively similar, but slightly different tastes, but, uh, but they were all pretty similar. And so that was kind of, kind of funny. But I would say one of the, I'll share, I'll share a few big lessons. Mm -hmm. um, the, one of the first things that came to mind, the first insights that came to mind is to be present mm -hmm. that, and I think that so often, at least in my life, it gets really, really easy to focus. Okay. When, then the, when this happens, then I'll be happy or, or I just got to make it to the next goal line, you know, or whatever. Mm -hmm. And yet it's the messy middle that, that that's what that's what life is. That's where you know, your story not, is. Exactly. That's where the and it's a, yeah. That's where the story is. And and you know we we talk about um, we talk about enduring to the end or mm -hmm. or there's the check there's let me step back a little bit there's at least in the, the church in the, in the gospel there's the checklist things like you get baptized mm -hmm. you go on a mission you get married you mm -hmm. receive your endowment there's like the checklist of things that you that show you're progressing. Right. And then after that, it's just enduring to the end. Mm -hmm. And, you know, sometimes we're like, well, I just can't wait until, till like the world is going to, 
to crap and I just can't wait till Jesus comes. And mm-hmm. it's like, well, that's, yes, that's an important part of eternity, but, but there's a lot of life between the, you know, the, between that last thing on the checklist mm-hmm. to what, whatever happens when, <laughs> when Jesus comes. And so my point being like, be present in whatever experience life is is giving you right now or wherever you're, you're at in life because like that's life yeah and and it, think about your favorite movie if and and i don't know if it is but princess bride is a pretty amazing movie that's great and <laughs> so just imagine that uh dread pirate roberts just finds buttercup his uh, true love and they walk <laughs> Through the fire swamp with no uh, no uh, adventures in there, no falling into the the pit or the rous, and there's right. no Count Rugen, and there's no there's if none of that happened, there's no movie, there's no sh- there's no story. Oh, totally, exactly. Yeah, that's a great that's a great way to to describe it. So it's think, <laughs> it's hard when yeah. you're the one who's in the middle right. of it, but um, having been in the middle of some of those stories uh, i know that it is it's a better story it's a it's a better experience we talked last week with jeff about um the the blessing that it is to be a part of other people's stories and uh, it, it doesn't even matter it's not it's not an interesting story unless there's some challenge for somebody um. Definitely, definitely. Uh, a couple other big lessons, uh, takeaways. They tell you pole pole, which is just over and over and over throughout the whole the whole hike, which is Swahili for slowly, slowly. And I think that's a really important reminder that that the slower you go, and sometimes it's absurdly slow mm-hmm. uh, hiking up Kilimanjaro, that the slower you go, the more likely you are to reach the top. The faster you go, the less likely you are to reach the top. Right. Uh, there's a there's a military phrase that uh, slow is smooth and smooth is fast. And so, when you go mm. sl- slowly, you can move you can move smoothly. When you're when you can move smoothly, you can go fast. And mm-hmm. I think that that's a great parallel to life. That that sometimes the slower we go, the farther we'll be able to make it. Yeah. Uh, one. I'll, I'll share two more. Okay. The uh, just kind of fun. Hakuna Matata, mm-hmm. like from Lion King, that's real. And they say it a lot. It, it mean, you know, no worries, just roll with the punches that there's going to be, there's going to be a lot of ups and downs and things that happen. And, and Hakuna Matata, you just mm-hmm. keep on moving. That's it. You just keep on going. And uh, I think the last, the last thing, well, I guess I'll, I'll do a bonus one. Okay. <laughs> the, <laughs> that their life is better when you have time away from your phone. Mm. It was interesting, you know, a week plus couple weeks without service. And it was a little weird at first, a little challenging when there's those times where you have a question that you can't mm. pull out your phone and Google the answer to, but it was really refreshing at the same time. And, and I started noticing the, I started noticing nature more and mm. just, again, being more present in myself and, mm-hmm. and 
what was going on around me. And that was really, really enjoyable. And the last little bonus lesson that I'll share is that, that there's a lot of people, most who are unseen, mm -hmm. who are supporting you and are sending love and prayers to you. And there's the physical representation of that where, where we had the porters and we'd see them occasionally, mm -hmm. but you know, we'd get into camp and everything was set up and our bags were in our tents already and the food was prepared and, and we could enjoy the experience. And then, you know, we obviously had to pack up our bags, but that was it. That's mm -hmm. all we had to do. And we'd leave our bags on a, on a tarp and they would disappear. You know, we'd leave mm -hmm. and then we'd see a handful of porters pass us. Sometimes we didn't even see them pass us because they'd have sometimes have different routes that are a little quicker and uh or just different and uh, then again all of the stuff would get taken down and and cleaned up and and so there's the physical support but then you know we, we got messages from back at home from mm -hmm. people hey i'm so proud of you i've been praying for you i've been you know whatever to that you would make that you'd be healthy and make it to the top or that mm -hmm. you know different challenges or things that you were concerned concerned about would work out and and I think that that's the case in life too, that, that there's a lot of people who, who want us to succeed and who are praying for us or mm -hmm. who are mindful of us even. And a lot of times we may never know who those people are, but, True. but that's one of the things why I love uh, that uh, you and, and uh, our unnamed sister. <laughs> and who, I'll just put it out there and it's, isn't it? <laughs> Uh, we'll get Candace on think, it at some point too, but for, for yeah, now. Yeah, you gotta get Candace on her too. <laughs> but where I think both of you have said something along the lines of where if there's some if there's something that somebody's done that that made a difference in your life, then tell them. Because mm -hmm. most of the time we never hear about those stories. Yeah. We never hear about the impact that we have on other people and uh, you know, whether it's through ministering or through just being yourself or right. you know, whatever it is. So that's awesome. Well, we've gone longer than what I thought we were going to go, and that's okay. Um, I've got a couple notes on things we're going to talk about in uh, in future episodes. I'm super excited about that. In the meantime, we have Thanksgiving coming next week, and uh, the holiday season kickoff. That's Perfect. all I got. Love it. Thanks for well, thanks, thanks for, again for being on. Thanks again for. Letting me be a guest. Oh, you're and, welcome. Uh, it's always good. It's always a good chat. Always It'll good. be another six months before we get you back, but that's fine. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to Chocolate Cake Bites. Please like, share, subscribe, and give us a five-star rating and review. We'd love to hear your comments and ideas, and you can reach out to me at ken at chocolatecakebites.com. And before you end the day, take a few minutes to consider, who do you know who needs chocolate cake? <laughs>